That's wonderful. I'll listen to it on my way. I gotta go bark. Go get him. Be that light. Thanks, Yvonne. Yeah, so wonderful. God bless you guys. Happy Mother's Day to you mothers. Um, Mom, I love you so much. You're such a good mother. My goodness, look what you made. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Mom, for real, thank you so much for just everything you do. I just want to give you honor. You've led me into um, such a, a personal relationship with God, which I um, I just cannot thank you enough, and I uh, just I sure love you, so, deal. Mm-hmm. And to my wife, Danny, I love you. Happy Mother's Day to you. Guys, it is not easy being a mother, and uh, I don't, I'm not saying this because I know, but I see it because I see how hard Danny works every single day as you just pour into our kids, so I sure love you, honey. Grateful for you. Um, what a wonderful morning so far, guys. I, I've just been just really blessed. Um, you know, we, 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 start, um, we start pretty early here um, with team meeting in the morning. And then obviously, you know, you guys know we have, we have a good time of prayer. And <clears throat> I just have really felt the presence of God in, in such a wonderful measure here this morning among us. And if you guys are local, I just keep encouraging you to come join us in prayer. Even if you're not comfortable praying, it's not like we give you a mic. It's just uh, good to be in the presence of, of those who are pouring out their heart to God. And like Yvonne shared, you know, if you're not comfortable, that is certainly a great way to get comfortable, is to hear other people praying. And um, that is what God desires, you know, just to, uh, just to be in, in presence of communion with Him and those that are, are communicating with Him. So um, I, I just highly encourage that. And... You know, th- this morning I've got, um, I've got a lot on my heart to share, but I think it's going to boil down to um, a concept um, which is that of um, spiritual mothers and fathers. And it's something we don't necessarily talk a lot about, but it, it is certainly a principle in the Bible. We see, it, we see it often in Scripture. And then there's something else I want to share, and that is a, a parable um, regarding the kingdom of heaven and, and how they are going to fit. We'll kind of see how it flows and rolls out. So um, with that, I just I want to pray because I just want to make sure that, um, you know, obviously the Lord is, is here working in your heart and, uh, and obviously working through me to communicate what he wants for, for us this morning. So God, I just thank you. You are just so amazing, Father, and, and wow, you're just worthy of everything, Father. Everything that we could offer up to you, Father, for you've created us, you've designed us, and I just pray, Father, for this message this morning to, uh, yeah, to just be perfect and sweet and to, uh, to be communicated um, in an effective way, God. It's in Jesus Christ's mighty name I pray, amen. Uh, I've been, um, wow. Um, I've been thinking about what Jesus, you know, told his disciples when, when they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray, teach us how to pray. And he says, pray like this, I think it's in Matthew 6, he says, uh, Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he's saying, pray like this, guys. Father, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth here as it is in heaven. And 
I'm just after experiencing more of that. And that is the kingdom of God present here on earth, bringing heaven on earth, like on heaven, in heaven as it is on earth. And Jesus Christ came to, to usher that opportunity into us. It's known as the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. This is what Jesus preached on. This is what he talked about. And throughout his ministry, throughout the course of you know, his time, while, while after becoming baptized by John the Baptist, he was preaching about the kingdom of heaven. And this is, this is obviously a big deal, right? And, and I want to keep kind of revisiting this because I'm after heaven on earth. That's what Jesus Christ came to pay for. He came to pay for that, essentially like that open heaven, right? That, that now one-way relationship between you and your creator by way of the Holy Spirit for you to experience God's presence in a whole different way, for you to experience his comfort, joy, peace, to just experience love like you've never known it. And that's where hope is found. That's where encouragement is found. And that's where you understand that, oh my gosh, when I die, I have eternal life. But that life, that eternal life gets to start right now. And I'm, I'm after that in such a big way. And, and, and I don't understand all of it. I'll just be very honest. I, I really don't understand the depths uh, of the kingdom of God in terms of the knowledge and, and um, just the vastness of, of just how weighty um, that, that concept is, is to now have heaven on earth and have that available. But I can tell you I've experienced it, you know, uh, and, and I've experienced it in greater measure um, o- over the years. You know, I was talking with, um, with Bob, I think it was a couple weeks ago, and, and he just said <clears throat> something pretty profound to me that, that stuck, and we were talking about the kingdom of heaven on earth here and now and, and how it's available to us. And he said, you know, we want our spiritual reality to match our experiential reality. Think about that. Your spiritual reality is that you are a child of God, that you are in the kingdom of heaven, that you have citizenship, you are God's kid, and you have a one-way relationship with him where God can dwell in you, and you can enjoy his presence, and he can enjoy your presence. But we know, and I've talked about this before, that that's not always what we experience, right? Sometimes you can have all this fear rush in, and that takes over, you know, your mind or this anxiety that is, you know, kind of what you're thinking about all the time. And you're like, man, I'm just so far from, like, experiencing God right now. And, and I guess the context was kind of like, even in this place, in this room, where, you know, the kingdom of God is very much available, and... One person can be in a chair just totally just wrecked by, just emotionally by God's presence and just like their heart just feels like it's just open heart surgery. Their heart is like wide open and they're just like just feeling just this warmth and this comfort, this love from the Holy Spirit in that moment. And just like where nothing matters, but you're just like swimming in this ocean of love with him. And you're, you just realize that you're cared for, you realize where you're going, and there's nothing that like, you're just light as a feather. And you're just experiencing him in such a way. And then the person in the chair next to you is concerned about, you know, lunch. Like, 
That's all they're thinking about. <laughs> and, and I've been in both of those positions. And it is my heart to grow and, and to just experience more of his presence. And not just in this room, but out there. Like Jesus said, on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what we want. Because we get to host his presence everywhere we go. But it is on us to be able to be present in that moment, to be present in the kingdom. The reality is all of us spiritually are adopted into God's kingdom right now. So you have a space at the house. Sometimes not all of us are home, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That makes sense. So it's, it, it, it's growing into that peace, just like Yvonne was talking about, just, just growing into that constant awareness of being with him. And that is... 100% of, of what I'm after. I'm after experiencing God's kingdom more in my life, and I know each of you are as well. Um, and, and just oh, all that comes from that. You know, as much as we want people to, to just know what we know, right, or know what we've experienced, we want that life change for them. We can't always make it happen. Sometimes these are things that we have to go through on our own. We have to experience these things on our own. I was with my brother-in-law um, yesterday, and, and he just asked me about, you know, the church and, and just how we're doing and everything like that. And, um, and he's like, you know, do you guys have goals and stuff like that? Like, what's, like, is it growth? Like, what? And he's just, just asking. And I said, you know, that's a really good question. I, I, honestly, I don't, I, don't have, we don't have, I don't have goals, and maybe that's bad, um, about church growth, and I'm not condemning churches that do have that. I might be missing the mark. I'm not really sure, but my heart is honestly just to see growth in people. And I told him, I said, if, if, honestly, if it's just one person that has the life change that I've had, that has been able to taste and see the goodness of God and to realize freedom and safety and comfort and peace and joy in their life, like I have experienced, then like that is, it's, 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 it's worth everything I do, everything Danny and I do, everything we do here in this place. I mean, I don't have all the answers by any means, but I, I kind of like that blind man I, I spoke about in, uh, in the record where Jesus healed him, and the blind man's like, uh, when asked about, you know, who healed him, he's like, uh, this one thing I'd know, I was once blind, now I see. Like that's, that's what I got. So all I know is I've been freed, you know, and, and that's so much of kind of my story and, and my walk that it's all I know is I'm, I'm over here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not, a, I, I'm experiencing levels of freedom that I've, and I'm growing in that than I've ever, ever experienced. And I want that for you. And I know we each want that for those around us. Um, but there is this, um, just this, you have to kind of walk it on your own, you know? And, and Jesus says um, in, uh, in John 8, he said, If you abide in my word, you will be my disciples, and you will know truth, and the truth will set you free. This is John 8, 31 and 32. If you abide in my word, if you remain in my word. So in other words, if you, if you walk and you continue to live in what I'm talking about, my teaching. If you continue to follow me and like do life with me, my words of wisdom, my understanding, being with me, that's when 
yeah, you, you're, you're my disciples, but that's when you know truth. And, and that truth is going to set you free. And honestly, I, I think one of the toughest jobs that I feel um, personally is to communicate like how to get this freedom that I feel, how to obtain levels of joy and levels of just comfort and, and peace that I, I didn't used to have, right? And so much of that is like, I can, I can share things with you and we can share things with those that we love, but there's so much of it that you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta live it, you gotta walk it. You have to follow Jesus. And there's such endurance that's involved, involved there, like really uh, abiding. That word, he says, if you abide in my word, if you remain in my word, that means like, there's levels of freedom that are still available for you to experience as you follow Jesus, but you're just going to need to keep being patient on. You're going to have to keep living it. You're going to have to keep going through life in continual trust in him. And what happens is it just, stuff just starts falling off you, like the weight just starts falling off. The stuff that made you used to feel heavy, just like the anxiety, that just stuff just falls off. And you know that you know that you know that you know the truth because you've lived it, you've seen it. And so much, um, we just want to help people get there, right? We want to help people get where we're at. But a lot of that is just, we have, they have to live it. And, and there's this parable that I've been thinking about so much this week, and it's one of my favorites, and uh, it's, it's in John. No, it's not in John. It's in, uh, it's in Mark. And uh, in, it's in chapter uh, 4 of Mark, verse 30 through 32. And Jesus says, uh, What can we compare the kingdom of heaven? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown in the ground is the smallest seed of all the, on all the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make their nests in its shade. Okay, I'm going to read it again in the Passion Translation. Um, this might give a little bit more color to it. Uh, and, and he told them this parable. How can I describe God's kingdom realm? This is Jesus saying this. How can I, disgu- how can I describe God's kingdom realm to you? Uh, let me illustrate it with this parable. He says, uh, It is like the mustard seed, the tiniest of all the seeds, yet when it springs up and grows, it becomes the largest plant in the garden. With so many large spreading branches, even the birds can nest in its shade. So you have to understand, Jesus is, is trying to illustrate and trying to communicate the kingdom of God to his followers now, to those around him. Because you have to keep in mind, this, this realm of God, which is now becoming available, has not been available to them or anyone else around them since Adam and Eve were living in the garden with God, one-on-one with him, before sin entered the world. This is now, so he's teaching them like, a spiritual reality, which is just like, it's kind of like, you know, if, if Lily or Brody asked me how, like, my computer works, I'm just like, I, I, uh, let me explain, let me, let me illustrate this to you, and it's like, it's just so, like, it's so, 
you have to create new neurological pathways to help them understand you know, exactly what you're referring to. But Jesus puts it like this in this parable, and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a seed, a mustard seed, and a mustard seed is, is, is an extremely small seed, and I, I have a mustard seed here. I got this in uh, South Africa. This thing is just super small. It is one of the smallest seeds there, but this seed, this mustard seed, when planted in the ground, Jesus is saying, again, this is the kingdom of heaven. He's like, I'm comparing this to the kingdom of heaven. When you plant this seed into the ground, it grows, even though it's the smallest, it continues to grow, it continues to grow, it continues to grow. And in that garden, it's got more influence. It continues to grow. And the branches get bigger, they sprout wider. And in fact, that tree ends up being the biggest of all the garden. And so much in such a way that birds even come and find refuge and make their nests there and find that as a place of of safety to dwell and to live. And this is, again, the kingdom of heaven. So let's kind of want to, I want to make sure I'm bringing heaven to earth here. I don't want to be talking, you know, Christianese or anything like that. And so nod maybe if you're with me. Um, But as the kingdom of heaven, the seed is planted in you of the kingdom of heaven, okay? The reality is there. This is, I mean, this is, it's a tree. It's just in different form right now. It's got to grow a little bit. And that is the kingdom of heaven in you, the influence of the kingdom of heaven. Again, the reality of the kingdom of heaven. Some of us are just, have just received a seed, a small seed, a small taste of what the kingdom of heaven is like in reality in your own life. Some of you have just gotten like a little taste of it, you know. Some of us have, are, are continuing to grow, and, and that's more of a reality in our everyday. And the good news is we get to keep growing, we get to keep growing, we get to keep growing until the influence of the kingdom of heaven and dwelling in that space honestly, just takes over any other influence from this world. Am I making sense? A little bit? Yeah. Um, And so, what I like about this parable is that as the kingdom of God continues to become a greater reality in your life, your experience of the kingdom of God becoming a greater reality in your life, you experiencing more joy, more peace. As you walk, you're in prayer. You're in his presence, just at work, driving in the car. You're just talking with him. You're playing baseball with him, you know, just in his presence. What ends up happening is, much like the birds flocking to the large branches of this now huge tree, Do you realize that people flock then to you? They find you as a place of uh, a place of refuge and a safe place. I think this is like really good for us to understand, because you carry something so amazing. You carry the presence of God with you. God desires to live and to dwell in you. That is that is what He wants, and so in heaven where God is present. On earth now, you and I, our feet on the ground as we live, as we do life on earth right now, we have the ability 
to let heaven be in us, where God is very, very present, where we can walk around and live life bringing peace, bringing joy, bringing hope, bringing a different feel to the, the five senses realm. Make sense? A little bit? And, and just this idea of, of being a safe place for people, okay? Being, being a place of comfort, being a place of shelter, shade from the scorching heat that the world brings. People want to come to you, and you'll find that the more and more, and I know many of you have seen this so much in your lives, where you know, people feel more comfortable talking to you and because they, they know you're, you've got, you possess something else. They know that you're, you're rooted in something. And again, they feel that peace. And, and there's this concept of having spiritual mothers and fathers in the Bible. Um, and it's something we don't necessarily talk about like that much um, about, well, I'm so-and-so's spiritual father, or I'm so-and-so's spiritual mother. And I think that in, in our culture today, I don't know if it's just, we just kind of like lost that in translation uh, over the years, or maybe if it's just pride, where people are like, I don't need anyone to tell me what to do. I can do it on my own. Um, but God has designed the body of Christ in that we have spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers. And that doesn't mean you have to be old in age to be someone's spiritual father or, or spiritual mother. It just means that you have taken, uh, you've taken to somebody in such a way that you love them so much and you desire for them to just be built up and encouraged and nourished in the Word of God, that you are more, a little bit further along in your walk and experiencing God and your relationship with God. It doesn't mean, you know, we have to be, you know, all scholars of the Bible or anything like that or um, perfectionists by any means. Um, But it just means that we're keeping our hearts open to the needs of others, and we are making ourselves available. Um, Paul uh, writes this in 1 Thessalonians. So he's writing to the church at Thessalonica, and, and he, he makes mention of this. I'm going to read a couple of verses here in chapter 2, um, verse 8. But we were gentle among you, he says, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. Paul says that like a nursing mother, he was to this church at Thessalonica. Just like a nursing mother would take care of her own children, he says that that's what we do with you. We not only shared the word of God with you, but we also were... We're happy to, to share ourselves with you. Again, like a nursing mother shares herself with her baby for the nourishment and the growth of that child. Like li- sharing yourself. Like he uses this metaphor to share. Like, I, like a nursing mother, we were with you. And I just want to make sure that, that we're, we're understanding that still this is a need within the church, within the body of Christ, that, that we share of ourselves so that someone else can be built up, that we take on that role to help build somebody up. 
And then he says, I'm going to jump down to, uh, to verse uh, 11 and 12. And I'm going to read this in the Passion. He says, and you know how affectionately we treated each one of you like a loving father who cares for his own children. We comforted and encouraged you and challenged you to adopt a lifestyle worthy of God who invites you into his kingdom and his glory. So he says, first he compares himself to like a nursing mother who was so affectionate for the children that they're just so willing to share of yourself. And then he compares their relation, his relationship with them like a father who is that one who comforts, who encourages, and who challenges you to adopt a lifestyle worthy of God. Two different roles, right, of a mother and a father, but both very necessary. You know, sometimes it, it, it takes that just real gentle, you know, mother-like figure to, to, to help someone along in their walk as you share yourself with them. But then sometimes, like a father, you, you need to be a little bit more, come on, you got this, you know, like a little bit more encouraging, a little bit more, I, I, I challenge you to take this on. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. You got this. And um, I, I was talking with a buddy um, just the other day, and he says, do you, think, do you think you rub people the wrong way? <laughs> and, and I said, I said, maybe. I said, I, I, probably at times I do. Um, you know, when we live the lifestyle that we live, a, a holy lifestyle, and that's what we're endeavoring to do, um, people are going to, if they are in sin, and they don't want to give up their own ways for God's way, then of course they're going to feel challenged by that type of lifestyle. And it could, of course, rub them the wrong way. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't apologize for that. You know, I, I, love the, I love you, and I want to encourage you. And if you're trapped in something, you know, if we see someone trapped in something, it's like, man, that's not the right way. And I'm not here just to share a common opinion with you. Like, come on, th- there's a better way of life. And so there is that challenge of, 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 a, of a spiritual father. And Paul writes this a lot, right? He, he says that he was a spiritual father to Titus, to Timothy. And um, he says he's a spiritual father to this guy, um, Onesimus. And I'm going to read this in, in Philemon uh, chapter 1, verse 10. He says, I appeal to you. So he's writing this letter. He says, I appeal. He's in prison. He says, I appeal to you to show kindness to my child, Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Paul's locked up. He's in chains. And still he takes on this father, this spiritual father type relationship of this guy, Onesimus. This guy, Onesimus, he was a slave of Philemon, and he stole something from Philemon, and then he meets Paul in Rome and gets converted, and Paul takes him under his wing while he's in prison and cares for him, loves him, encourages him, comforts him in who he is, a different way of living. And now he's writing back to Philemon. He's like, hey, look, you know, although he once did you harm, 
I've adopted him essentially as my son. I've taken on that father role, put my arm around him. I've showed him a new way, showed him a new life. And now what I'm going to do is he gets it, and I'm going to send him back to you. And if there's anything that he owes you, mark it on my account. I'll pay for it. If he did you any harm at all, count it, count it on me, and I'll pay you back. But this is the type of like, relationship that he had with this guy. And, and we just get a couple lines here about his relationship with, with him, but we know how much he's, time he spent with Timothy, how much time he spent with Titus. And I, I just want us to be aware right now, we just feel this really heavy in, in this season, the past couple weeks, um, to just really be aware of that t- taking on that type of role as a spiritual father and as a spiritual mother to those around you as well as being open with humility to say, I need a spiritual father and I need a spiritual mother in my walk. And they're going to tell me some things at times that may not, um, well, it might rub me the wrong way, <laughs> uh, just as any growing kid does to their mother or father. Sometimes, yeah, mom and dad, that stuff just rubbed me the wrong way. But, you know, I had to do it anyway. <laughs> um, uh, but I just want us to be open to that. Um, and there is no like hierarchy here in terms of you know you now being at the level of being a spiritual father you know to someone or a spiritual mother to someone. It just takes a heart that just wants to to help and love somebody, you know. That's and that's what we are absolutely uh, about here. You know, we're about we're about helping people develop. You know. We want to share ourselves with people. We want to encourage. We want to comfort. We want to love. We want to help build people up. How does that happen? First and foremost, that happens with the kingdom of heaven becoming a greater reality in each of our hearts, a greater reality in each of our lives. That again, just as it is in heaven, let that be done on earth. Let it be done on earth. Let it be done when we leave, like earth as in there's no, heaven on earth, there's no separation. This is what Jesus is saying, like, yeah, pray that that's hap- that, that happens. That's God's will. Pray that that keeps coming to pass. Heaven and earth together. There's no space between. Church, service, and your job. No space between. It's, it's a, on heaven, in heaven as it is on earth. Just let the presence of God just be that in greater reality in you. And that's what I pray for. I pray that this morning. I pray that just like this mustard seed, it would just keep growing in you. It would just keep growing, keep growing where this influence now, God's realm, where he is the head of all and he has put his son in charge and called him your Lord, your leader, that we would follow him. We would experience this truth and that freedom and then we can help people enter into that. This is a great concept in God's word. And I just feel that that's happening so, um, in greater measure among us. So just be very, um, uh, I would ask you just to ask God, um, just to help you be aware of who he's calling you to be either a spiritual mother or a spiritual father to. And then also have that humility to, to seek out somebody and ask them, would you, would you be my spiritual, or, you know, would you help me along this journey? See, it's a different relationship than just a mentor, right? 
And it's a different relationship than just having a brother or sister in Christ. It's, it's someone that can really help challenge you and really help love you in deep ways that will bring you into God's presence in greater measure. Good? Good board? All right, all right. I want to pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, for the truth. And I pray, Father, that um, just the words spoken this morning would, uh, would stick in the way that you want them to stick and that you would just work in our hearts, Father, as only you can. Thanks for making us aware of what the Spirit of Christ is leading us into regarding having spiritual fathers and mothers that, um, that we could um, experience Yeah, you in greater measure in both, God. So I thank you, Father, for these things. I thank you for the spirit that you've given us to equip us in all the matters that you've set before us, God. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.